You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the exclusive Lost podcast, um, as I think we're now known as. Uh, back for another episode. Uh, this episode, flash ah before your eyes. Um, <laughs> this. <laughs> We're getting better and better at these intros, aren't we? So good. This is flashes before your eyes. Uh, Desmond is back. We love Desmond. Um, we're about to see a whole lot of his life in a very memorable episode of Lost, which aired on Valentine's Day 2007. Do you remember the romantic date you had watching before your eyes. I believe that was the last Valentine's Day before I ended <laughs> up in an uh, eight-year relationship that went very well. So, um, yeah, no, uh, probably sad and sulking. So it's just before your eyes was to blame. <laughs> yes, it was. Well, I, I too wasn't on a date, but I'm pretty sure I was 12. So. Well, you know, I know how it works in Snug. Usually most people are parents by the time they're 12 in Snug. So. I, I was a late bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> Still are. Um, so this is, as I said, Desmond episode written by our good friends Carlton Hughes, Damon Lindelof, uh, and directed by our good friend Jack Bender. My name is Noah, and I too was hit by Jimmy Lennon's cricket bat. <laughs> and my name is Ben, and do you like chestnuts? <laughs> So I, I do like chestnuts. So um, I. This is this episode is very unique because obviously we've seen all of Lost and there's a lot of kind of special episodes, but at the time this is kind of the first episode to really go out there to break the formula. And when Lost does that, it normally works. Not always, but most of the time they break the formula, it does work. And I can still vividly remember watching this the first time. And it and it's not just it doesn't just work because they break the formula. It's just a really good episode. Um, it's amazing how well they have like this sci-fi time travel story, while also having a Desmond flashback. Like you kind of forget that it tells us a lot of information about Desmond. So it's very clever the way it works simultaneously. Um, it's not quite the constant, but this episode. It is a it is mind bending and a little mind blowing. I, I I really do appreciate this one. Well, I'm a huge, and I think you are, and most people with the brain are a huge Desmond fan. So, uh, yeah, I I agree, and it's kind of I think you forget. I mean, I forget the first time I ever saw this in terms of just how taken aback I was. But um, you know, I think kind of in watching this enough times now, when you realise that this just becomes part of the norm and you watch this chronologically and kind of just how it is. But yeah, I think it's, it's a great episode to really introduce so many of these different elements and, you know, particularly time travel as well, which what are we a season or two seasons away from that becoming a huge thing as well. So um, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it makes me think just how much they, after all the first six episodes and they're kind of planning and different things, like how much at this point were they planning a time travel aspect of this show? Do you reckon? You can definitely see that that this is something they wanted to do, and maybe this was kind of like an experiment. 
because they've also mentioned time in the past, so I think Damon and Carlton were always interested in time. I don't think the time travel in season five was just a like, oh, why don't we do time travel? I think they always wanted to do that. Um, so maybe this was a bit of an experiment to test that out, and it worked. And what makes this great is maybe it's not, in terms of all fiction, the most unique thing, but this is a pretty unique episode of television, if you really boil it down, even today's standards. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think kind of what you said about sort of bucking the trend or the formula, because, you know, we're used to at this point the formula of loss, just kind of, you know, stuff on the island and flashback, you know, kind of that's what we're used to. And sort of this one, it just, we we do have a flashback almost within a flashback in some aspects, but it's still done in a unique way that once we kind of go back to see what happened to Desmond, it just, it's, it's the whole way through until he sort of wakes up and he's naked in the jungle. So, um, yeah. And I think kind of you, you, I think you're expecting at any point this to sort of go back to just the Island stuff, but, um, yeah, such a, such an interesting way of doing it. Uh, I agree with you, a unique episode of television. And I mean, Desmond just, you know, Henry in Cusack, Cusack just, just delivers. Like, did he ever get nominated for an he's Emmy? He's so or underrated. I don't think he has been nominated for much of anything, but he's so underrated. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Absolutely agree with that. Um, so I think it makes sense to go through this episode just in chronological order. It doesn't really make sense to do the flashback first because there's barely any on-island stuff. Um, and it starts with Charlie and Hurley, who really this season have... Not had a lot to do, have they, old Charlie and Hurley? Um, one of the first times we've really seen much of them. But they are ransacking Sawyer's tent. Uh, I love shocking amounts of pornography. Um, do you think that Sawyer uh, had this porn, or he found it? Like who, when when Sawyer was originally looking for supplies, who who was it on the plane that had these porn magazines? Uh, Locke. I think had it. Uh, I was thinking Locke. <laughs> Locke or uh, Rose. I'd say Rose. Art? Yeah, you know, Art probably is a valid one. <laughs> um, gotta say that would be the case. But uh, I mean, look, it's. I've, I'll be absolutely honest, I've travelled with porn before, so it's like it's. Why? <laughs> like, as in, I bought it when I've gone somewhere. I didn't leave home. Oh, shit, I didn't bring porn with me. Well, who travels <laughs> to Sydney and buys porn? Well, I, when, I, when I went, the first ever time I went to uh, America, when I was in New York, because um, it's like everywhere you go in New York, there's like cheap adult stores. And I think I bought like five DVDs for like 20 bucks, which was great. And then when I came back to Australia, they pulled me aside in customs because you had to tick a little box that said, <laughs> do you have anything that may be considered illegal, i.e. firearms, drugs, pornography? So I ticked it and they're like, what have you got? And I'm like, um, adult material. So they took me into like the border security room. Some guy had to take my DVDs and watch them to see if it wasn't like kitty or animal porn. Comes back five minutes later looking a little bit sweaty uh, and then hands it back to me. He's all right, mate. Off you go. I want his job. What's your job? Oh, Update at the office. Cost customs official. Oh, yeah, what do you do? Watch porn and make sure it's not illegal. Like, I want that job. But anyway, that's a true story. So, yes. That's very funny. 
Although these, these would be, not everyone can be like Sawyer and getting with Anna Lucia and Kate, so these could be very valuable on the island. They um, could be. Like, you know, poor old Rose. She was without Bernard for a while. She kept his ring, though. So yeah, exactly. He was waiting. Um, so Desmond comes to them and brings some. T- Remember Echo died? <laughs> <laughs> They're still Who? there, Saeed and Gummy Joe. <laughs> oh, Echo's dead. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't pay AAA this week to have his arm. <laughs> just the reaction, like, seriously, like, Echo's dead. Oh. <laughs> and then Locke says, well, the others are going to look to you to see how to react. Well, clearly they're not going to be reacting very, very sad. I feel like Echo um, was loved more on this island than Boone, yet Boone got more of a reaction to dying than Echo did. I love, like, the island killed him. <laughs> what do you, you mean, mean the that? island killed him? You know what it means. What? No! <laughs> Stop it, Gummy Joe. Can I, that, the... like, can I go back to Tasmania and just be like, yeah, how did Noah die? The island killed him. The what does that mean? You know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> On your way. Such a... I think Locke is just an ultimate dick sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but then Desmond, randomly distracted, running through the jungle, he hears something. Oh, who could it be drowning? <laughs> Who hasn't had anything to do in a while? Oh, it's Claire. <laughs> I don't know why I laugh so much at this scene. Claire's just out for a swim. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and then like, later I'm on, he's explaining this. Oh, I always go out for my morning swim. <laughs> Claire has a lot of content in season three. But it's even funnier that, like, some just randomly tra la 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 on the beach, just holding old little Aaron. Like, oh, what's going on? Oh, Claire wanted to go for a walk. No one's gone to save her. She's dead. Like, Claire is dead. They were all thinking, oh, thank God. We've finally gotten rid of her. I'll stab you, Desmond. Come into this camp. I don't know why it's so funny. Who died in season uh, one and drowned, remember? Who yeah. that? Poor old ho- host Joanna. <laughs> if Joanna. only Desmond could, could hear her, the host. <laughs> that picture of Joanna is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> host Joanna is just great. <laughs> her ghost is like one of the voices haunting the island. Thanks, Desmond. Like, oh, if only you were here 40 days ago. Um, but I'm, I'm surprised people are going for swims anymore. This is two for two almost. Hey, can we just put out Claire is Australian? Like every Australian learns <laughs> to swim in school. We're surrounded I'm the by only Australian water. who likes going for a morning swim. I'm the only Australian who never took swimming lessons in primary school. <laughs> I never went to primary school. <laughs> my baby, I, I my just baby. Like, I, I was loving it just because, of of course, who would be drowning? Of course it was Claire. It's almost as funny when Boone nearly drowned. He's a freaking lifeguard. <laughs> almost. That's funny. Oh, Boone. <laughs> Sorry, Claire's <laughs> drowning. Uh, if only Boone was here to not save Claire like he didn't save Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and then, of course, we have Charlie being the dick that he is. Charlie's here. Oh, oh, I'm here. Why are you? You did nothing for Claire. Um, and then, how did you know she was drowning, Hurley? That guy sees the future, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Claire. Almost, we almost got rid of her. Um, <laughs> late, later, he's Desmond is looking at the picture, and Claire and Desmond are talking. Thanks for helping me. Charlie coming back. Claire, what are you doing? You said you'd be five minutes. Charlie is the abusive boyfriend. Can we not forget in the timeline, they only got back together again like four days ago in the timeline of this show. He kidnapped her baby and took it to the water like ten days ago. And now they're like, where were you? You said it'd be two minutes. Do you even care for Aaron? (laughs) Um... Clearly not. So just go for a morning swim and give me a Yeah, son, take me, baby. <laughs> but Charlie and Hurley uh, have a hatch a plan to get Desmond drunk. So they give him some McCutcheon whiskey that they found uh, and offer it to him. He said, oh, I've spent a wee bit too much time drunk as of late. And then Dick Charlie. Oh... Uh, you're too good for us, are you, mate? <laughs> Who says that if they turn... This is how people become alcoholics, Charlie. <laughs> so you become a drug addict, Charlie. Drink. <laughs> yeah. like, too good for you. Yeah, this is coming from the drug addict. Um, <laughs> it can, and then he's like, oh, McCutcheon. All right, let's have a drink. And Desmond's going for it. No cups. So... <laughs> Cut, cut flash, the first flash forward of the show. Flash forwards to the night. Can I just say that these three must be the least popular people in the entire camp. They're not sharing any of the whiskey. They're singing dumb songs, making loud noises like, poor Aaron. His mother almost drowned tonight. <laughs> Today. Claire's so up. Like, well, you teach me three minutes, Charlie. Shout out, Claire. Oh, like, it's so annoying. More annoying than Aaron crying at night. <laughs> um, what is that song they're singing? <laughs> like, they're acting as if this is like some popular song that everyone knows. I, I know. And then what does Hurley say? Do you any, know any songs about... <laughs> oh, I forget what he says, but it's very specific. <laughs> um, I can't even but... remember. Hurley would be a fun drunk, I think. He looked the most fun out of the three of them there. I, he's, like, cause he's just he's playing a chill along. Because there's like these two British guys singing some song about a woman and a leg or something like that. And he's just like, ah, yeah, I'm going to sing along <laughs> with this song. <laughs> yeah, Hurley's great here. Yeah, I would love to get drunk with Hurley. I'd love to just get drunk now. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> no, next week, Noah, we need to get drunk. <laughs> Next week, I'll bring the soju and <laughs> we're going to get drunk I'll before, bring the during, and after the episode. Um, so, Charlie, then. So, Desi, can I ask you a question? Way to kill the mood, you know, to say, Charlie. Um, he wants to know about Claire. How did he know? Then, Charlie calls Desmond a coward. So, Desmond launches onto him. <laughs> You don't want to know what happened to me. You don't want to know. Which, again, Ian Cusick is just great. And then this is where we get the 
flashback to the hatch imploding, Desmond pulling the key, and we kick into madness, basically, because Desmond is dead. Yep. <laughs> He's lying on the floor, blood everywhere. But again, with the fake out, it's just paint. <laughs> and we have Penny there uh, coming oh, to help. Penny. But immediately, right off the bat, we know this isn't a flashback. You can tell just by his acting that he's like confused. Obviously, we don't know if it's time travel now or what. But um, and then what's wrong? Oh, absolutely nothing's wrong. So Desmond's just going about his day, getting dressed up, and we learn that he's going for an interview with with more because Desmond wants to earn his respect. Followed by that, we hear the beep. Beep, beep, hatch noise, which, can I just say, it ends up being the microwave, and I would get a new microwave. <laughs> I would not want to listen to that. Uh, every time I, I cook something in the microwave. Um, and then Desmond just had uh, some deja vu, that's all. I, do you say I've had some deja vu? I don't think you do. And if, if I was uh, Penny, I'd be like, fuck, have you seen The Matrix? There's a glitch in the Matrix. Something's about to happen. I mean, the uh, the Matrix wasn't out. Wasn't it? What year was this set? This has to be mid-90s. Okay, well, have you not seen the Matrix? No, because it's not been released. Okay, moving on. <laughs> well, this episode is all about time travel and... Uh, oh, yeah, he mind travels to 1996. Oh, right. Okay. Of course. I was one. I saw, well, I, I was going to ask, like, because when you see this football game on TV, like, it is the oldest looking football game, and I'm thinking, what year is this? And even for 1996, that looks a little bit too old. Well, that pub was a bit dingy. But, <laughs> um, so we have Desmond arriving to win more, and we have the worst, <laughs> the worst acted act. <laughs> this guy is clearly, this guy is clearly American. He says, I've got a package, love, for 815. <laughs> What did you say? I said 8.50. I think the receptionist is terrible too. Like, uh, you know, oh, I've got an appointment with Mr. Widmore. And you are? <laughs> this delivery man is played by Jeremy Colvin. Oh, the esteemed. Oh, no, no, no interview. Oh, come on, Lostpedia. It says origin England. No. <laughs> Which There's part no of way England? that was a real... The American part of England? <sighs> Oh, he's got an IMDb. He was in Chief. Ah, oh, as an yeah. enthusiastic Englishman. <laughs> <laughs> That's lost so... English delivery. Maybe he is English. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I'm taking that back. You're just a terrible actor. That's all. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor Jeremy. <laughs> he was so bad. It's like uh, Claire's boyfriend, who's Australian, and remember <laughs> Australia's Jodie Foster, who I was sure yes. was American, ended up being. Uh, Australian? Yeah. So this guy is the most fake English accent, but no, he's real. No theories. Oh. Delivering. No. What about receptionist uh, woman? Receptionist, let's see. Played by Katie Doyle. Ah. Oh. Sounds very Irish. Oh, Katie Doyle. Uh, receptionist, uh, no theories. Oh. Katie Doyle. Uh, let's see. Katie Doyle played the role of EMT number one in Man of Science, Man of Faith, and oh. in 
places before your eyes a receptionist. No. Doyle is known as a Honolulu area stage actress. <laughs> she is not the same Katie Doyle that was on The Real World. Oh, damn it, I thought it was. <laughs> that re- whoever thought they would lost would manage to snatch the renowned Honolulu area stage actress Katie Doyle. <laughs> She's like oh. renowned in the Honolulu theatre scene. She was not born in 1979, I'm sorry. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> I mean, if you said she was 79, I would believe you, but... Wow, they're really talking about time travel here, aren't they? <laughs> wow, I can't believe they got her. Oh, God. Think, just... The link to her IMDb page, I think, is for a different Katie 12. We, we, we talk about, like, Nathan Fillion and, uh, you know, all these big names in it. Uh, but when it comes to getting Honolulu's theatre star... Renowned area actress. Wow. Wow. But anyway, we've got two classic actors in, in a row here with the delivery man. Here you go, love. 8.15. Um, so then he's like, what? 8.15. And I love that Desmond's like, what did you say? And he said, I said 8.15. Like, imagine going into like some building and saying to the postman, what did you say? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Claire does that all the time. What did you say? Shut up, Claire. Go drown yourself. Uh, but in Wibmore's office, we see a polar bear on the wall. So there's lots of kind of island Easter eggs going on here in this flashback. Uh, and we learn that Desmond has no military experience, which immediately predates his last flashback, where we saw him in the military. Um, well, we, no, we saw him getting discharged. Um and we learn that Whitmore is sponsoring a solo race around the world. So there's lots of these kind of, like, set up. This is why I'm saying how it's kind of a flashback within a flashback in a way. Like, it tells a time travel story, but also gives us a lot of character stuff. Uh, but Desmond has actually come to ask for permission to marry Penny. And, man, this scene is really, really rough to watch. TV's Alan Dale. Yeah, what a dick of the week, definitely. Dick of the month. Uh, he pours the McCutcheon whiskey and he says, this swallow is worth more than you can make in a month. Uh, you, Hume, will never be a great man. And he basically says, you are not worthy of my daughter or my whiskey. Like, wow, they really want to set Widmore up as a villain, don't they? Which, which I will say, though, like, Alan Dale is typecast. He always plays the same character basically but he does it so well i think there's a reason why he does that like i mean i was a huge fan of the oc uh and when he played caleb nickel i mean he was just an absolute dick um so i think kind of you see him in these roles and he plays that you know wealthy older gentleman dick character so goddamn well (laughs) so um yeah i i think allendale just owns this bit like just, yeah, like, he's just so subtle when he, like, pours one glass and he gets a second glass out just to be a dick. Oh, God. What would you do what in that situation? Get... Well, what can you really do? Um, I would like to say that I would punch him, but really, I'm such a pushover. I'd go, oh, sorry, Mr. Whitmore. <laughs> You're um... right, I'm not worthy. I'll just go throw myself out the building. Okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> but what I don't get is that Desmond is a great man. Like, yeah. He's the best man on this show. Um, money is not everything with more. Um, <laughs> I'm Scottish. I don't get... I play golf. Like, I, I'm just a bit over the whole daddy issues thing at this point. <laughs> Let's get some other storylines going. 
but it's quite sad. You'll never be a great man. You, um, Alan Dale kind of has that weird accent where he's got no accent. Yeah, it's kind like, of, it's not overly Australian, but it's a little English. It's a little American. It's just kind of. And I think it's an Alan Dale accent. If you see interviews with him too, like he's just kind of lost. Like, and but every now and then he'll say a word which sounds Australian, which it's kind of like um, throughout Nick Tucker. Whenever he says "my baby." My baby, yes. Whenever I'd see, like, Julian McMahon interviews when we're doing our Nip Tuck ones, like, he's basically completely lost his Australian accent, sounds American, but then you'll hear him say a word every now and then. It's like, wow, okay, he's still Australian. You can hear it. So, um... Who is... Is it the guy that plays the brother in Prison Break? Um... I think he's Australian, but he's incredibly pretentious that he uses his American accent in interviews. I don't know enough about Prison Break uh, to be able to know that. Which is just... Well, he's Australian, so do you know anything about Australian? I didn't even know he was Australian. <laughs> he's that pretentious about using his accent. Like, clearly, Australians <laughs> don't even give a shit about him. <laughs> Maybe he's a smile. That's fine. Maybe. Uh, let's see. Dominic Purcell... Australian actor. Huh? Um, Went to the Emily de Raven School of Acting. What, what's he in that you might have known? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's in based on novels. Oh no, book stuff. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, House. One episode. Oh, he played John Doe in John Doe. Oh, one episode. Yep. What is John Doe? They couldn't come up with a name for it, so they just called it John Doe. Oh, he's in Arrow. John Ugh, Doe? Arrow. Have you heard of John Doe? <laughs> no, I just heard about it literally two minutes ago. I woke up was... in an island off the coast of Seattle. I didn't know how I got there or who I was, <laughs> but I did seem to know everything else. There were things about me I didn't understand. The brand... Being colorblind, extreme claustrophobia, and while my gifts provided answers for others, I still f- search for my own. My name is John Doe. <laughs> Sounds like the new Lost. <laughs> it does sound very Lost. John Doe is the new. Lo- they should reboot John Doe. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they rebooted Murphy Brown, they can reboot John Doe. <laughs> That intro is like the most early 2000s, late 90s like like drama TV show. <laughs> um, I, I want to see a series where the guy wakes up with extreme claustrophobia. <laughs> um, who is John Doe? Due, due to the series cancellation, the final episode never <laughs> revealed who John Doe was. Is there John Doepedia? Series about John oh, Doe? Oh, I'm sure they've interviewed everyone. Yeah, so <laughs> let's see... If Dominic Purcell used a Australian accent in John Doe. I hashtag reboot John Doe. <laughs> Coming soon, um, John Doe Oz. Yeah, 21 episodes. We can do that in about four years, I think. I reckon, yeah. Um, so with more, I mean, Desmond is very annoyed, so he leaves, throws his tie in anger. <laughs> <laughs> we see, ah, who's this? It's Charlie busking. And can I just say, Charlie is a terrible musician. <laughs> Said maybe. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that they got Dominic Monaghan to do it rather than overdub it, but I would not give money to this busker. And he's just the most stereotypical, like, English, like, oh, I'm just going to sing Wonderwall. <laughs> Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> 
1996. When did Wonderwall come out? About 1996. <laughs> Wonderwall came out 1995. Okay. I was, I was trying to catch Lost out. I couldn't do it. <laughs> next time, Lost. Next time, Lost. Um, I'll get you next time, Lost. Yeah. Uh, do you like that they've got Charlie in here? I think it's kind of cool scene. Yeah, I mean, I think... I I think I remember watching this in the fact that I was confused, like, huh? Like, when is this? Like, you know, is this? And I kind of always thought it was like an alternate, an alternative future, or you know, like it was sideways, a flash sideways, or something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, I I always like these sort of moments when they have random little interactions or things like that with other characters that you know are off the island. So yeah, I like it. But I wonder, while I'm talking, you might be able to find this out for me, but. I wonder how old Charlie is. I know I'm nitpicking, but how old is Charlie in 2004? Because I imagine he's like, what, mid-twenties? So really, this Charlie in 1996 would be like 17 or 18 or something like Well, I will find Dominic Monaghan. I'll just get him on the phone now. Uh, how old was your character in Lost? Uh, how, how, how well connected would we feel if we could just get one of these actors on the phone? Oh my. Our lifeline. Well, date of birth, according to Lostpedia, of Charlie Pace was the 8th of December 1976, so he would have been 20 in this scene. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe he can pull off 20. Yeah. Mm. He does age, okay. though. <laughs> I'll get you next time, Lost. <laughs> Soon to be in Star Wars, Dominic Monaghan. <laughs> Yeah, Star Wars is Dominic Monaghan. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm really uh, excited to see him in Star Wars. I just want to point that out. I, I don't know what he is in Star Wars. I just know he is in Star Wars. <laughs> Goes up to Ray. You said you'd be three minutes, Ray. Like, where were you? <laughs> Kylo Ren needs you, Ray. <laughs> Emily DeRavin should play a Wookiee. <laughs> oh, uh, where's my baby? Uh, you Wookiee baby. <laughs> I'm uh. drowning. <laughs> Maybe Dominic that is Monaghan like you like that like vision to see Emily DeRavin play a Wookiee. <laughs> Greatest can thought can ever. <laughs> can we make that happen? They need to start doing these um, Star Wars story movies again. And, like, it's all female reboots. The old female reboot of Chewbacca. The Chewbacca reboot. <laughs> Female reboot. <laughs> they need to do the Star Wars holiday special and have like Chewbacca's wife, what Marla or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we I'm need drowning. to get on Kickstarter, I think. <laughs> Can we, we get really the rabbit on the show and just ask her? Would you be open to playing a Wookiee in a Star Wars story? <laughs> <laughs> and do you wear makeup? <laughs> do you know who Ryan is? <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's. Uh, maybe Dominic Monaghan will play Ray's parent. <laughs> both, both of them. He's like Shmi. <laughs> Often compared, Shmi and Charlie Pace. <laughs> there was no the father. two often compared characters in Lost, uh, in the pop culture, and John Doe. <laughs> <laughs> Who would win in a fight, John Doe or Shmi? <laughs> Underrated Shmi. I want to see Shmi, a Star Wars story. <laughs> you know, you joke, but the amount of Star Wars movies that are coming out right now. Well, look. In all fairness, like I think a lot of people want to know who Anakin Skywalker's father really is. 
It needs to be like a Mamma Mia style movie where it's like they all show up because uh, Anakin's about to get, like, the marriage, just before the wedding between Anakin and Padme, they needed to have, like, the big reveal. Like, Pierce Brosnan shows up, Colin Firth shows up. It can be like, who is Eric Cartman's father? Yes. Which I always forget the ending to that. I don't know who the father uh, was. She's a hermaphrodite, so basically she conceived uh, somehow. So she's Shmee. So she's Shmee, basically. Stuff like did, did Shmee before Shmee? <laughs> well, a lot of people did Shmee, but uh, it was the 90s. <laughs> she was a slave. <laughs> yeah. God. People would think that we recorded two episodes in a row with this kind of chronicle. No, <laughs> we would never do such things like that. <laughs> The two Shmi references week back to back, week to week. Wow. Shmi's been mentioned more on this podcast in the last two weeks than she has in the last decade on any podcast. She's been in this more than Echo. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, anyway, Desmond recognizes Charlie and where do I know you from? Luckily, this is pre drive shaft, so he doesn't go, oh, you are, never <laughs> Um. And he remembers his name and he goes, yeah, it's on the card, mate. This is why we don't do drugs. Which, <laughs> pot calling the kettle black, Charlie, who was probably high. Um, and then, in true English fashion, starts raining. And then, I love the line when Desmond mentions the island. We're on an island, mate. This is England. <laughs> like, whenever they do England in Lost, you can just tell it's not written by English people. <laughs> you can always tell. Um, and then this is where Desmond really starts to remember that all of this has happened before. This isn't the first time. Um, so we cut to Desmond walking into a university. One of my random favorite characters of the week, Donovan, he calls out for. I like Donovan. Do you like Donovan? He's random. I don't know why. Is this his only episode? Yeah, but he's Desmond's best friend. Aw. We were robbed of a, a Donovan... Flashback. Maybe Donovan, Donovan can play a Wookiee next to Emily to Raven. Would you like to hear some Donovan I theories? would love to hear some Donovan theories. Does he know Ryan? Donovan watched the soccer come back on TV and starts to believe Desmond and the island. He tells Penelope about it and it leads to her setting up the listening station in the Arctic. <laughs> um, Donovan knows Daniel and they're both psychic professors that work at the same... Oh, physics professors. So. <laughs> boring theories. Boring theories for Donovan. Did um, he drive the bus that killed uh, Mr. Ed? Maybe. Yeah, there's nothing good with uh, Donovan. Yeah. Did they have they got a Donovan interview on Lostpedia? Well, let's see who he's played. He's played by um, Shishir Kurup. Oh yep. Uh, Shishir is Kurup. Uh, he's appeared in numerous shows such as Heroes. NYPD Blue and Alias. <laughs> in Heroes, he played a similar character to Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> he acted in a 2008 commercial for H&R Block Taxes. That's <laughs> where so he got his big break. <laughs> I like Donovan. I was about to say, um, I like H&R Block. <laughs> yeah, I can go to them for my taxes. Yeah, for all your taxes um, need. H&R Block, proud sponsor of the Oz Network. And Donovan is with, like, a younger female. They should have got Sherry back as kind of a fun little nod that all these older guys are just, like, taking advantage of this Sherry. <laughs> um, 
So Desmond's asking him about time travel, and they're at the pub. Like, good old England, just going to the pub to talk about time travel. Uh, he tells Donovan everything, and Donovan thinks he's crazy. And then we hear on the on the jukebox, make your own kind of music, which is, of course is the song from <laughs> season two, episode one. Must be Desmond's favourite song. <laughs> And then Desmond, oh my god, I remember this night. Uh, this is where Greybridge come back and win. And then <laughs> Jimmy Lennon, which, oh, we did an English name. Mm. <laughs> Jimmy. And it's got to be a cricket Lennon. bat, not a, not a baseball bat. Jimmy Lennon will come in and hit the bat <laughs> with a cricket bat. <laughs> oh my god, Jimmy Lennon. Um, TV's Jimmy Lennon. <laughs> Cricket Jimmy Lennon. Cricket Jimmy Lennon. Former skipper of the English national cricket team. Hello, I'm Jimmy, Le- Jimmy Lennon. <laughs> That's why he remembers it so well. <laughs> um, it's nice to see cricket on TV, though. It's rare that we see that, right? Well, it's um, not on TV, but oh, I guess the mention is. But, <laughs> uh, but then... Uh-oh, the team doesn't come back, and Jimmy Lennon doesn't come. Which, can I just say, how how many games are Greybridge playing this week? <laughs> well, I mean, like, like, in English, if this is, like, meant to be English Premier League or some sort of, like, you know, they only generally play, like, once in a weekend. It's not like American sports where they play, like, three games in a week. Like, and this is the thing. Like, that game on TV looks like it's made in the 80s. <laughs> like... I just love that they've played on a Wednesday and then they're playing on a Thursday. Um, let's see, Greybridge is the name of a fictional association football soccer to Americans, Canadians and Australians. Team that Desmond predicted. Um, trivia. On the playing field of the game, Desmond was watching their ads for Apollo, the Hanzo Foundation and Oceanic Airlines, Mr. Clark's. Cannon car rentals, butties diapers. Oh no! Not this, <laughs> you all have butties. No. Oh, here we go, Ben. This is what you wanted to know. The footage of the match is from 1991. Oh well, there you and go. It shows Spanish La Liga match uh, between Barcelona and Real Madrid. The goal scorer is a famous Danish player, Michael Ludrup. The final result was two to one for Barcelona. There you go, the old network bringing you football scores from 1991. See, no, bet you no other lost podcast bring you that information, do they? Uh, Exclusive. There is a page, there's a page for association football. Oh. Oh no! It just takes you to the generic games page. Oh come on, lost Peter. You get your game yeah. back together, literally. Yeah. Disappointed. Um. Yeah, so everything you wanted to know about Greybridge and more. Ah, oh, when you click on soccer, it just takes you to Wikipedia. Oh, Lostpedia has let me down today. Sellouts. <laughs> Wikipedia bought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A buyout. Oh, God, no. Uh, I can never go to Lostpedia ever again. <laughs> um, yeah, so Greybridge playing a lot this week. But Jimmy Lennon never comes, and there's no such thing as time travel, Des. Uh, if you really love Penny, then you should marry her. Um, so Desmond, these, this couple is amazing, are they not? Desmond oh. and Penny, right? 
They're, they're oh, beating what, like two episodes of the best couple. But... They're the best couple. Did, well, we, did we establish between them, them or Jin and Sun? They're the best yeah. couples. Yeah. Maybe Jin and Sun, but these oh. guys are up there. Um, Tom and Jack. Yep, definitely Tom and Jack. Um, Alex and Carl. But, oh, yeah, they're pretty good. Except everybody hates Carl. Remember that show, Everybody Hates Chris? Everybody Hates Carl. They should Poor reboot Carl. it as Everybody Hates Carl. Spin off. Yeah, what, everybody hates Carl. Carl I think we Leave need to Carl be the alone. Yeah, we need to be the podcast that defends Carl. We were the podcast that defended Boone. So I think yes. we need to be the we podcast that defends Carl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Carl and Boone spin off. It's Carl and Boone. Carl and I Boone. I mean, Carl, you joke, but Carl basically is the new Boone of the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, Carl is the epitome of Echo. Like, he's just there. Other people forget he's there. Then he'll just get shot and that's it. And no Bye, one cares Carl. when he dies. <laughs> See you, Carl. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Carl's death episode next season. <laughs> Isn't that when Rousseau dies as well? Yeah, don't get me started. I'll have a lot to rant about that. Again, spoiler alert um, here on the uh, Oz Network <laughs> if, you're not, if you're watching this along with us. Um... But later he returns to Penny and says he didn't get the job. Sad. But Penny wants to celebrate. Um, And then Emo Desmond, Penny, why do you love me? (laughs) Because you're a man. God, Desmond. I do like her answer, though, because, like, you know, that sort of thing, like, why do you love me? Oh, don't be stupid. I'm not going to answer that. Like, she straight away is like, because you're a great man, Desmond. Like, yeah, Penny, you tell him. He is a great man. Fuck you, Widmore. It does really fit well with the theme of this episode. Um, later then, Desmond is going to marry her, so he's picking a ring, and then dun, 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 introduction to a mysterious woman <laughs> who we do know a lot about, but, well, I say a lot, but at this moment, she's just a mysterious woman. I have to say, I don't know if you have any memory of watching this episode the first time or not, I never thought we'd see this lady again. I thought this was lost just being like, we're going to be weird and we'll have a mysterious character in one episode and that's it. Mm-hmm. I was shocked when she came back. I agree because, I mean, it's, I guess, kind of... I mean, how many people at this point are noticing the, the small... Like, did Lostpedia exist in 2007 to point out, you know, these sort of occurrences and that? But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you. I think, are we ever going to see her again? And we do. Um, Eloise, played by the esteemed Fiona Flanagan, who, of course... I'm uh, glad you attempted to. We have talked about her previously because she did appear in uh, one of the Ewok movies from Star Wars. <laughs> so... Um... <laughs> That's very appropriate for the theme of this episode. <laughs> I know, right? Like when they reboot the Ewok movies um, <laughs> and the Wookiee movies. Malcolm she... David Kelly should play it in any war. <laughs> they should bring her character back as in a sequel to the Ewok movie. Well, apparently they're canon. I think we found like some weird oh. connection that there's like the something they mention in or one of the characters in one of the Ewok movies and appears in the Star Wars books, which I think were some of the ones that they kept canon once Disney bought them or something like that. So technically, they are canon. Ewoks a Star Wars story. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch it. I like the Ewoks. Uh, bring the Ewoks back. The yeah. Porks, ah, Porks versus Ewoks, a Star Wars story. Oh, that's a battle <laughs> for the ages. 
Star Wars fans just wet their pants. Oh, I don't know who I'd choose. That's a tough one. No, I don't know who I would side with. Ewoks. I like the old school. <laughs> oh, no, I'd go for the underdog. I'd go for the uh, Jar Jar. That would be me. <laughs> I, I could just imagine the promotion. Like, are you Team Ewok? Hashtag Team Ewok. Team Pork. Choose your side. Remember how great Porgs were? Remember when I wanted to buy a Porg? The only good thing... I know, you dragged me around. (laughs) I can remember I got so bored I went and bought sushi. (laughs) That was my opinion once I watched The Last Jedi. Oh, fuck, I'm going to get some sushi. (laughs) God, that movie sucks. The only good thing about that movie is the Porgs, and we thought that was going to be the worst part of the movie. Remember how scared we were, like, oh, God, Porgs. Like the best thing, that scene where Chewie's about to eat the Porg, and then the poor little Porg oh, looks funny. up, and he's, that is a, that's a one funny moment in that movie. God, that movie's atrocious. <laughs> anyway, Stupid anyway. broom. <laughs> um, I'm still looking forward to the next one. But... Oh, of course, it's a Star Wars movie. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> How many times can we fool ourselves? Actual <laughs> sentence said by Ben and Noah in 2017. <laughs> Little did they know. Oh, last year uh, it looked amazing. <laughs> I just remember we walked out of the car, out of the <laughs> cinema, didn't say a word, got into the car. Yeah. <laughs> That was a movie. Do you remember when uh, we like literally said to each other at that point, like, oh, you realize in two years' time we're probably still going to be in Hobart doing this exact same thing, thinking that we've not changed our lives? Hey, here we are talking in New Zealand and Korea. Fuck you, past Noah and Ben. We won't be at the cinema, but we have talked about Shmee like five times, so not much has changed. I think we should both fly back to Hobart for fun's sake. Um, I actually will be going back to Tasmania at the end of this year, but I think it'll be just after Star Wars is released. So, yeah. If you see Star Wars in Hobart, you're a loser. <laughs> well, no, that hurts my feelings. Well, you said we can't be back here in two years. <laughs> I also said that I um, said I would be good, so... Fun, wor- <laughs> fun worldly fact, Koreans don't like Star Wars. <laughs> oh, is that like an attempted joke from, your Korean people don't like black people, or is that like a legitimate it, no. thing they don't like Star Wars? It's a legitimate... I went to see the Han Solo, a Star Wars Porg, or whatever it's called, and and there was about ten non-Korean people, and maybe five Korean people, and this was like second night or something. Well, I, in all fairness, I think that was just Solo. I think when I went to the movies to see Solo 2, there was about... <laughs> I was Solo seeing Solo. Like, there was no one in the cinema, so... When I... <laughs> When I first got here, I would use in my PowerPoints like Star Wars characters, and no, 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 they, the children don't know that. Oh, well, okay. do they live the in one the country in the world they... that doesn't like Star Wars? They do know that Star Wars is for children, right? Like, but the Korean children don't know it. Well, Korean children are stupid. They also don't know The Simpsons, and The Simpsons is animated in Korea. Is it oh, in Korea? Okay. Well, there you go. So. Maybe the Koreans are smart, because maybe. the way Star Wars is going, maybe ignorance is bliss. Maybe I'm marrying anyway. a Korean then, because she doesn't know Star Wars or The Simpsons either, so... <laughs> She's in a disguise. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't know The Simpsons. What? Oh, yeah. 
I'll rant about Don't that. Don't get me often. started. You're no longer yeah. in my wedding party. Oh, I'm not getting involved in that wedding, Ben. Doesn't know the Simpsons. I was about to say, she shouldn't be involved in the wedding. <laughs> She's not. I just realised my mistake. Not after that. <laughs> the episode where Ben, once again... <laughs> loses a fiancé. It's a trope. Speaking of Simpsons, this will be like where people freeze frame this podcast. Like the exact moment where where Ben realised once again. Well, we killed Roger Moore. So let's be honest, we're going to kill my relationship as well on well, this We're show. not going to kill her. No, I didn't mean kill her. I mean kill the relationship. <laughs> she ends up dead all of a sudden. I know where to look. If she never comes home tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory, where are you? <laughs> and then Ben ends up back in Hobart watching Star Wars episode 9 at midnight. <laughs> ben, a tragic story. <laughs> I'm Desmond. I'm stuck in this loop. That's not how it's meant to happen, Ben. You're not meant to get married to the Canadian. Some people just aren't meant to achieve big things. You don't You're buy always the ring, destined ben. to be on this island. You don't buy the ring. You were meant to go to Tasmania, go to the island. You were meant to buy the ticket for episode nine. You're not supposed to buy the ring. Yeah, you need a bit of Yonola in your life. <laughs> oh, who doesn't? Come on. Wouldn't that be trippy if uh, if you did time travel, mind travel back, and you've done all this before, but <laughs> really the first time around, the... Co- the podcast, you were so controversial. <laughs> but now you're just a little bit controversial. People think you're bad now. Like, this is this is the adapted version. <laughs> this is the, the, the clean version. And um... <laughs> awkwardly laughed. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking to... about? Uh, anyway, you don't buy the ring. Um, so, Eloise talks... First, she talks him into it. <laughs> I buy this ring. <laughs> then she says, "You don't buy the ring. You have second thoughts, and you walk out the door." Which first time watching, that's like a huge WTF moment. Like what? Mm. You don't buy the ring, Desmond. Like what? Now we'll talk more about Eloise in the future on a rewatch. I'm not sure how I feel about this because it's amazing watching the first time and it's really mysterious and catches your your attention. But like, how does she, how how is Eloise like how? Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not one of those people. Who, eh, they never answered anything, but you know sometimes I like a bit of logic. Like, <laughs> how does Eloise know everything? I don't get, so, like, is it meant to be implied that in this previous timeline that, yeah, that he was, he didn't walk in? Like, I just, I don't, what, it annoys me that he just basically listens to this random woman and is all like, oh, no, and like, why why wouldn't you marry Penny, you idiot? Just like. uh, I mean, if a woman knew everything about me and that I went to the island, uh, and I push the button, then I would be a bit like believing. Uh, I mean, if you've got a bit of deja vu, I guess. 
I just had a bit of deja vu, love. Uh, Imagine if you mind travelled back and someone said, oh, yeah, you meet some ridiculous girl that doesn't like The Simpsons, doesn't know The Simpsons. <laughs> sorry, she's not ridiculous. I'm sorry. I, wow. I, I crossed about. <laughs> uh, you moved to New Zealand. If someone told you all these things, I think you would be like, well, that's pretty accurate. I might believe this person. What are you trying to say, Noah? <laughs> you don't buy the ring. <laughs> too late, I have. It cost me too much money, too. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was wasted. I throw it in the in the ocean. <laughs> throw. I'll just collect collect my ex engagement rings. I've got a box now. <laughs> <laughs> you just went to the box and picked the best one out. Yeah, I just did. Oh, well, this one lasted a bit longer than the last one, so. <laughs> It's like a, a weird, twisted version of The Bachelor. <laughs> oh, God. Imagine me on The Bachelor. Actually, no, don't. <laughs> I'm choosing not to. Um, I just don't get... Because this is Eloise's past. So how would she know that he goes to the island? Uh, it's a really cool scene, but it does bug me a little bit. It's a little too convenient. Yeah, because... Yeah, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around it too. <laughs> it just, I'm just thinking of the uh, Austin Powers moment. It was in the second one when he's like trying to explain the future, and it's like, but if you go back to the past, and you think, oh no, I've gone cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> when are they going to reboot that? Ah, oh, well, apparently they're talking about they've, they've been talking about a fourth one for ages. So, but apparently the last I heard, they're they're in talks again to start it up again, so, yeah. They're waiting on the John Doe reboot, see how that goes. The all-female Austin Powers. The female John Doe reboot. <laughs> um, Can't wait for that one. Um, but then she says, do you like chestnuts? Which Do you like chestnuts? I do, yeah. Hot chestnuts, pretty good. Yeah. Not the best nut. I mean, a chestnut's a chestnut. It can be warm, it can be cold, it can be room temperature, it's... Still good to me. I'm going to rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm high rent. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Cold, low rent, hot, <laughs> high rent. I would never buy. It's not my favourite nut, but, you know. No. I, now, I would buy a cashew. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I would buy a pistachio. I, I, I would buy a macadamia. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Peanut? Yeah. I'm a big bit of a peanut. Low buy, yeah. <laughs> Low buy. I am bidding the hell out of those almonds. <laughs> oh, I don't mind an almond every now and then. Well, I, I will rent an almond if it if it's in a snack mix. Oh, okay, right, right. A solo right. almond, a solo story. <laughs> uh, bin. The Wookie reboot of almonds. <laughs> Suddenly, when you do the the chart where it shows like, oh, we're bought this total amount of things, we've rented this. <laughs> Suddenly the number's just going to shoot up. But then if you're allergic to nuts, then you're not going to like our rankings. <laughs> what is the best nut? Um, Claire. Oh, wait. Uh, not that not type yet. of nut. <laughs> anyway, basically she points out this guy in red shoes, just likes red. Desmond thinks that Eloise is his subconscious, which... Kind of makes sense, and that could have been an answer for Eloise, but she does come back in the present time, uh, and he no longer believes in the island. Then the scaffolding collapses, and the poor guy in the red shoes died. 
But Eloise knew, and it wouldn't matter if she warned him, because the universe has a way of course-correcting. Um, this is definitely early experiments of things later on in the show, and, like, whatever happened, happened. And they'll do a lot of this kind of playing around with time travel. I think it's a big thing for Damon Lindelof. But the universe has a way of course-correcting. It's your path to go to the island. I don't get this, though. Pushing the button is the only true great thing you would do. I mean... He did pennies. In season six... In season six, like, he's been, He saves the day like, towards the end there. Like, give him some credit. Yeah. Um, and then she said, like, if you don't go there, we're all, we're all going to die. Um, so Desmond leaves her, and he sees the military ad. So this is kind of a flashback to some... This is where they give us some more backstory within this weird time travel story. And you can be a great man if you sign up. <laughs> it's a little bit on the nose there. But, um, then they meet Penny and they take the famous photo, which is not actually in Miami or in a harbor. But which it's... I think is clever. I like that little random twist where it's kind of like, hey, you're actually in front of like a a weird screen. And, and who is this guy? Like, who just stands there near a thing and is just like, create a picture for the grandkids, love? Like... There's not even any tourists nearby or, like, in so a memorable weird. area. This is another one of those guys that I simply cannot believe is British. Because, no, you wouldn't like that. You want something for your grandchildren. Who likes the uh, Alps, anyway? Oh, Quinn also appeared in two episodes of North Shore. Oh, right. Not John Oh, Day? I'm growing up in the UK. Oh, my God. These British people. <laughs> are the most They're very typecast, aren't they? Uh... The photographer, is there any theories? No. Um, the marina is a backdrop of Honolulu. <laughs> that goes. Um, so basically the one time they actually needed something from Hawaii, they just used a backdrop. <laughs> I love uh, this guy. <laughs> like, I would tell him no, but then Penny's like, oh, come on. <laughs> and definitely can't even afford it. But then I love when he's like, how about the Alps? Oh, I love the Alps. Oh, I hate the Alps. Hates <laughs> the Alps. Dick Penny moment. Like, like what person sits around? Des- oh, I hate the Alps. This is why Desmond threw the ring in the water. This yeah. is not. It wasn't because of Halloween. But I love the Alps. The- <laughs> I can never marry a woman who doesn't like the Alps. <laughs> it's just such a dick comment to make. Like, oh, your significant other says, "Oh, I love the Alps." Oh, I hate the Alps. <laughs> Deal breaker. I love Penny, but this is not her shining moment. Um, <laughs> she binned the Alps. <laughs> I, I'd buy the Alps. I'm, a, I'm an Alps fan. I've never, I've never been either, to. but I like snow. So have I been? No. Didn't you do a I've poo been... in the Alps? <laughs> Guess we're just revealing everything on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you did a poo on a mountain somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why did you say it a little louder, Ben? Oh, right. Well, I mean, I can put it on the best of and embarrass you even more if you want to. <laughs> I don't think it was the Alps. I think it was generic Switzerland mountain, but maybe it was the Alps. Tell know. the story about you doing a poo. I love the Alps. <laughs> I... So much you did a shit on them. <laughs> what, what was the... The first picture, I'm forgetting. Uh, the Alps was second. Wasn't it what a beach was it? Yeah. <laughs> the picture that 
bad. This is this guy is terrible. I like I don't get um, the appeal to that. Like, like just take a picture of them in front of where they are. What's so bad about London that you need like a photo of the? Oh bloody London! It's terrible. Um, they they take the photo, the famous photo, but then Desmond she hates the Alps, so he breaks up with Penny. <laughs> I can't take care of you. I don't even like bread, <laughs> which is a weird thing. Penny uh, slaps Desmond. Poor Desmond. Ah, domestic violence. If you want me to go, don't make me. Don't make this about what I do or don't deserve. Um, you're doing this because you're a coward. Oh, Poor that's where we get it. Like that—that's his Marty McFly chicken moment. It's been called a coward. I just feel bad for Desmond all the time in his episodes. Is he the um, younger, more attractive Locke that just everything always bad happens yeah, to? Yeah, I think so. Not that like Locke's unattractive, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, Poor old Gummy Joe. That... He's hot. I'd do him. He almost had an omelette cake. Shmee did him. <laughs> Anakin's father. <laughs> old Gummy Joe. I hate him. I hate all of him. Um, Never there for me on my then, birthday. We're not supposed to be together, and Desmond throws the ring in the water. I'm sure he kept the receipt. <laughs> I'm all like, about a dramatic breakup, but come on. I mean, I'm me too. But like, honestly, if like Mallory gives me my ring back, I'm not throwing it in the water. I'm getting money back. <laughs> You're putting it in the box. I'm poor. Um, yeah, for the next one. You said he couldn't afford a photo from this guy, which was a fiver. <laughs> and yet he's throwing, like, a diamond ring in the water. An un- unintelligent Desmond moment. No wonder you can't afford no. things, mate. Yeah, he keeps throwing them in the water. But, yeah, so no domestic bliss for Desmond and Penny. They've broken up. Um, so sad. Again. So later we have Desmond back at the bar. And he wants a pint of your cheapest, which could have got a pint of the most expensive if you'd taken that ring back. Um, make your own kind of music. Very popular song in this bar. <laughs> Night to Night, it plays. 1996, uh, number one in the UK charts. <laughs> Wonder, move over Wonderwall. Uh, I want to go back to Charlie singing, Make your own kind of music. <laughs> that would have been great. Um, but then... Greybridge, oh god, they're just playing night to night in England. Uh, they, they come back and oh, Desmond has got the wrong night. He did remember. So Greybridge is coming back, and who could we be walking in? It's Jimmy Lennon. <laughs> TV's Jimmy um, Lennon. Cricket's Jimmy Lennon. <laughs> which there is a page for Jimmy Lennon. Theories? Any theories? No, oh, come on. No theories for Jimmy Lennon. Racist. No trivia. Nothing for Jimmy Lennon. Oh, it's always it's always missed out, old Jimmy. <laughs> Cricket legend, <laughs> Jimmy Lennon. Let's find a Jimmy oh. Lennon on Facebook and ask him if they want to come on the show. Before Lost, David was a cinematographer of an Australian short film entitled Humidity Rising. Oh. We should do a recap. <laughs> Humidity uh, Rising. He's worked in the electronical electrical department for Walk the Talk and the Cubby House. Mm. Mm. Jimmy Lennon. So he comes in with the bat ready to... You could kill the bartender with this creep. <laughs> um, 
and Desmond gets a bit excited <laughs> cricket legend Jimmy Lennon <laughs> knocks old Desi on the head with the bat why is there um, not a theory for Jimmy Lennon saying like Jimmy probably went to jail after this that was a common three year <laughs> felony he was in the same prison with Sawyer <laughs> Jimmy Lennon should have come back in the show Yeah, that's, that's the spin off angle right there Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof uh, Jimmy Lennon <laughs> Reboot lost with Jimmy Lennon. <laughs> I just love it because Jimmy Lennon is the most fake, fake a name. Like, oh, we need a name for our character. Oh, how about Jimmy Lennon? <laughs> Paul's no younger brother. Jimmy. Yeah. Paul? <laughs> Paul Lennon, the former Premier of Tasmania, Noah. What else do you think I was going to say? John Lennon? God, so cliche. I thought you were getting your Beatles mixed up. Shut up, move on. <laughs> Don't let me bring up Ringo Harrison. You're the one whose mind travelled back. You shouldn't have made the same mistake twice. <laughs> um, I prefer George Starr. He's my favourite. You said something even dumber the first time round, but you you somewhat corrected it in your mind travel to Paul Lennon. <laughs> Uh, well, he was a former Premier of Tasmania. I just love the idea that you have time travelled back and trying to correct the podcast, but you're just making it worse. Um, but yes, I Desmond, really did say that racist comment that I always get the blame for, <laughs> that it was you who said it. <laughs> you, you, took the, you took the fall for me. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Have a friend you're, I am, like, Noah. You time travelling martyr, which is also coming to CBS this fall. <laughs> starring Murphy Martha. Brown. Who would be in it? Starring Matthew Fox and Cynthia Watros in The Time Travelling Martyr. Um, starring that guy who's in Manifest because that got cancelled promptly before. <laughs> we don't know if it's been cancelled, but by the time this comes out, this episode... It's been cancelled. <laughs> yeah, come on. I still watch that crap. I don't know why, but Manifest isn't lasting. Come on. So stay tuned for that guy to be in the time-travelling martyr. <laughs> He's so um, unfamous that he doesn't even have a name. He's literally that guy from that Manifest. Guy. <laughs> he might star with the other one from Friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, he wakes up in the jungle. It's still a flashback. The hatch has imploded, um, but conveniently the photo lived. Um, Not the photo of Joanna. <laughs> no, I wish. Um, but Desmond wants to go back one more time. He wants another chance. Well, he might get that soon, actually. Um, and then we see all of his psychic predictions. And you can't change it no matter what you do. And then Charlie says... Oh, he's a wank. Let's get him to the tent. <laughs> I'm surprised some of the stuff Charlie says gets past the senses. I thought wanked wouldn't be allowed. But he's a wanked. Uh, <laughs> that even me? He's been looking at that porn too much. <laughs> um, and then he says, when I turned the key, my life flashed before my eyes and the flashes didn't stop. But now he's kind of seeing future flashes. And then, plot twist. I wasn't saving Claire, Charlie. Well, 
I wish you weren't. <laughs> uh, I was saving you. You went in for glare and drought. <laughs> it's like, like boon. <laughs> Uh, and you were electrocuted. <laughs> so Charlie's just dying left, right, and center. I can't stop it forever. No matter what I try and do, you're gonna die, Charlie. Which is a great end to the episode. Quite an iconic line. Um, such a mind-bending episode. We poked a bit of fun, but really, so much great stuff going on here. And then that ending with the "You're gonna die, Charlie," which fingers crossed. It's a shame it wasn't Claire. You're gonna die, Claire. Um, <laughs> Which, can I just say, I the thing that I absolutely love about this, and you think about the first time you see this, and you're like, oh, Charlie's not going to die. Like, it's Charlie. Like, come on. And spoiler alert, Charlie fucking dies. <laughs> like, it's just... That's what makes it great. Yeah, that's... I agree. Yeah, that is... I just think what just makes these moments so amazing, because then kind of, you know, we have so much stuff of this season around this storyline about Charlie dying. So, I mean, what TV show does that and can get away with it? basically saying you're going to die. Like, you're going to I mean, die. I mean, outside of like, you know, I remember like saying ER, um, you know, <laughs> I'll just bring up ER because it's connected somehow. Like when Dr. Green got a brain tumour, it was kind of, you know, it was a long drawn out thing that eventually he was going to die. But you kind of think like, oh, he's not going to die. He's Dr. Green. Like they're going to cure this. But he didn't. He died. But this is kind of different. This isn't he's got a disease or something. This is just like, Charlie, you're going to die. And he fucking dies. So, yeah. It's it's <laughs> very clever it because watching this the first time you just assume like oh they're gonna find a way to save Charlie he's not gonna die no he dies <laughs> and in the most memorable way ever um, the drowning deaths are very memorable on this show except for Boone because he didn't drown <laughs> Claire's drowning death yeah Joanna's <laughs> drowning death the best <laughs> the, the iconic tra- <laughs> let's rank them Joanna Charlie Son and Jim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't! Every time I mention that, I cry a little. I um, don't. I don't want to watch that episode. Can we just skip that one and pretend they don't die? Well, we'll be one one week closer to ending. <laughs> so yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah. So that's a great ending to this already amazing episode. So, flashes before your eyes. Any questions? I mean, there's loads of questions, but there's not really so many big. Question. The whole episode's a question, but I guess we could ask: Does Charlie die? <laughs> mm, but is it really a question? I mm. mean, I, uh, yes and no, because like it's an will easy Charlie... one that we can answer. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can put will Charlie die, and then I'd also say, who is the mysterious woman? Who is she? <laughs> I was so mm. sure she would not come back. I don't know why I thought that, but I just did not think we'd ever see her again. Who is the mysterious woman who likes chestnuts? <laughs> is that our... I thought, you said, I thought you said who likes chestnuts is one of our... <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that it, or...? Mm, can you think of anything? No, but I've got to ask, uh, in terms of the answers, did we answer this week, why isn't Nathan Fillion in movies? We got closer, but we didn't quite get there. No, okay. Well, next week. I'm sure we will next week. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about anything but the episode next week, so probably. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sick next week. <laughs> I have a feeling I know what you're going to do, but what are you going to do with this episode? Bin it. It's will, it be, will it be an almond? 
the chestnut or a cashew. Or in a new category, that guy from Manifest. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a buy. It's a, for sure it's a buy. Uh, absolutely it's a buy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, this is a great episode, and I think so great that I've actually ranked this at number 19 out of 57 so far. So I've put this above Outlaws, above Outlaws and below Exodus Part 2. So that's where mm-hmm. I'm at right now. So, yeah. I this think is lower. Than... You think it's lower than what? No, I was expecting higher. Oh, higher. That's why we don't do drugs. Um, no, I mean, look, I, I definitely enjoy this episode, but I looking at what I have above it, I enjoy those more. So, yeah. What's your number one? Uh, Exodus Part 3. Good number. Yeah. I reckon that will change um, the season, though. Hmm, potentially. Stranger in a Strange Land. Absolutely coming next week. Number one. <laughs> you would. What would you do if I did? What if I come out and you be like, would. this episode is so underrated? I would quit. I would do the complete Simpsons rewatch with Mallory. <laughs> I would do the complete... Days of Our Lives rewatch because we there's what like twenty thousand episodes of that. With who and what friends? I don't have any friends. <laughs> well, I guess you could do it alone. Um, I already do that. Waiting for that. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> this episode was mind blowing when I watched it, and it's still such a joy. It's one of the most ones I've watched the most because it's such an easy one to just pop on and watch. Uh, it's so entertaining. Henry and Cusack is really amazing, and I love the Penny stuff. I love that it's kind of a time travel story mixed with a flashback. Um, after the first six episodes, this is just such a joy to watch. So obviously it's a buy. Um, it's kind of a precursor to the, the Constant. It's not better than the Constant, but it is really good. Um, and looking at my list from... <laughs> Four years ago, I could mind travel back and change it. Um, eight. Wow. Out of 111 episodes. Wow. That's very high. <laughs> Maybe it would be a bit lower now, but I still adore this episode. Maybe I didn't talk it up enough, but it, it's, it, it was definitely one that stood out on my first watch of this show. Wow. Um, uh, and I'll just say quickly, Henry and Cusack did get nominated for an Emmy at some point during his time on Lost uh, for Best right. yeah, guest, uh, Supporting Actor. So he did get at least one nomination. Did he win? Uh, no, he didn't. Just nominated, sadly. Who did he lose to? That guy. That guy um, you quickly talk about John next week Miller. and I'll come, come back to me. So, well, I will be quickly talking about next week. Next week... There's been a lot of hype for this. Um, <laughs> we had the first six episodes, which were quite meh, and then we were back to episode seven and eight. Bye bye, two in a row. Like this is great, three in a row for you, really. But um, yeah, that hype train is about to go way down <laughs> because next is the tattoos, which is probably the most talked about episode that we've talked about in this show. Um, weirdly enough, I'm looking forward to recording the episode. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to rewatching the episode. And maybe I just won't. Maybe I'll wing next week. Um, yeah, 
Stranger in the Stranger, it's infamous. Lost fan history. Um, even Damon Lindelof admits nowadays it's terrible. So, yeah, look forward to it. I assume it will probably end up being our longest episode because that normally happens. But in a weird way, a morbid curiosity to revisit this episode, I think. Uh, just quickly, he lost to the esteemed Christian Clemenson on mm. Boston Legal. So this was in the 2006 Emmy Awards, Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series. Uh, Christian Clemenson won Boston Legal for playing Jerry Hans Expenson. Also nominated, though, uh, Henry Ann Cusack, James Woods in ER, Kyle Chandler in Grey's Anatomy, and Michael J. Fox in Boston Legal. So It was a tough year, though. It was. And the, and the photographer from Flashes Before Your Eyes, which mm. he was robbed. Yeah, definitely. Hugely robbed. Uh, 100%. Jimmy Lennon? Jimmy, uh, no, sadly. He, he, was, he was seventh on the bill. Uh, just missed out. When, when we're done, we need to do the background characters of lost Emmys. <laughs> uh, Morgue Doctor from last week. Um, so, yeah. Um, look, I I guess I was in such a limited area where I didn't realise how much this episode was hated. Um, so, um, one thing that doesn't... Well, actually, maybe it does kind of make it just forgettable more so is when you watch Chronological Loss and they kind of have this all together. Mm, <laughs> it's help. kind of like, boom, 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 boom. But, um, yeah, when you literally explain that there's an episode explaining just how Jack got his tattoos, which... Um, and Jack in the cage this time. Yeah, Jack, good old Jack in the cage. Is, so these, and you'll probably answer this next week, so these were Matthew Fox's real tattoos? Is that kind of what happened? or? Yep. Okay. And this is how Matthew Fox got his tattoos? <laughs> yep. It's a documentary. It's like written in his contract. I want to be on the show. I want to have an episode explaining how I got my tats, man, because this is so true. Otherwise, I'm going to punch a bus driver. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it because, honestly, I think, as you kind of alluded to, I think some of our the bad episodes are sometimes where we have the most fun. Yeah, so in the meantime, you can please like, please subscribe and do all that and uh, we'll end up coming back to you. You can retune in for episode 10 of season 3. <laughs> see you in two uh, weeks, I'm folks. Expect- yeah, see you in two weeks. I'm expecting minimal downloads next week. Um, Nothing new there. So, you know what? No harm. You can still be my friend if you don't listen next week. Uh, so stay tuned for the origin story of how we got our tattoos. Uh, it's going to be fun. My name is Noah, and I too was hit in the head with Jimmy Lennon's cricket bat. <laughs> That's not a euphemism. And my name is Ben, and... That man over there is wearing red shoes. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.